Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Play! Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rona solo for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. And you could check out all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Got a look at the MLB stock watch for the week, players who are on the rise, players who are dropping, and what you should do. Should you buy low? Should you sell high? You can also uh, get my opinion, too, on a couple of uh, buy low, sell highs uh, at Fantasy Pros. They ask their experts each week, and uh, I was included on that this week. So uh, you could check that out as well. And if you have any specific questions, head on over to the message boards and forums. And we will answer them, getting a lot of questions, dynasty league trades, waiver wire ad drops as such. Uh, We also have the closer depth chart and bullpen updates from Sean Childs. He's going to join me in the next segment. Uh, He's also working on his fantasy football team previews. Already has the Jets, the Bills, and the Dolphins. These are very in-depth and really get you uh, set for the season. So you can check that out. Become a member today. We also have uh, fulltimefantasy.com slash DFS uh, getting you set for MLB DFS. Still got some NBA, NHL as well, in addition to PGA and MMA. So you can check that out now. And also, uh, if you want to take over a dynasty league, we got some dynasty orphan teams that need new owners. And you can go through them. Uh, Discounted price. Just go to playffwc.com. If you scroll down a little bit, there's a blue button that says Dynasty Orphans. You can click on that, and you can get access to those teams. You can go through them and see which one you want to take over. Or if you want to go to a new startup, we got drafts for that as well. And, of course, online championship slow drafts, best ball drafts as well. You can check that out. And it's also made madness. Time now to put your deposit down for the World Championships live in Vegas. First weekend of the football season, I'll be out there. And if you put in the deposit now, you enter a drawing where you can potentially get a free main event team. Uh, You definitely want access to that. That's a nice value there. So all you got to do is just put down the $200 deposit now and make your plans uh, to come out there in Vegas. I'll be out there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, One of the events I look forward to each and every season. So check it out, playffwc.com. Uh, So we'll get you updated on all the baseball news going on right now. Only one afternoon game, the Cubs and the Brewers going on right now. Uh, That game is scoreless, so if anything happens in that game, we'll let you know. Uh, But some of the news from today, uh, D. Gordon has this wrist injury. We're not exactly sure how serious it is, but he is definitely going to miss some time. Uh, And they're going to have more tests to determine the severity of it. Uh, He was definitely upset after he was hit by the pitch. And what this means is the Mariners are going to be calling up J.P. Crawford and Shed Long. So uh, they're going to get some opportunity to play here. It looks like Tim Beckham could lose out on some playing time. And I think we all knew uh, when this season began that 
it was definitely uh, a slow, uh, quick start for him, and he probably wasn't going to maintain that. So Long's had pretty good numbers at AAA, 276, 350, 504 is the slash line with five homers, 21 RBIs at AAA this season. He can also steal some bases, so cer- certainly in deeper leagues, you want to take a look at him. And even Crawford has shown uh, that he's been hitting down there in the minor leagues with a slash on a 319, 424, 57 with three homers and three steals. So both these guys could get playing time. We'll see if we get a lineup for the Mariners before the end of the show to see what they do. So uh, we have the weekend to see how it plays out for most people who have Fab on Sunday night. We'll get a better idea of what the Mariners are doing and their plans going forward. Travis Shaw has been uh, someone who has struggled mightily this year. In fact, I have him in one league, and it's a 15-team league, and I benched him this week. Uh, I just said, you know, he's not doing much, uh, and I have some pretty good options. Got uh, Lau, got uh, who else do I have in the middle? Chavis. So I have some good middle infielders, and, you know, Shaw wasn't doing much. So I said, you know what, I'm going to bench him. Now, it turns out to be a pretty good decision because that's a weekly league that you can only set the lineup on Monday. It's not like the NFBC where you can make changes on Friday. So Shaw is not in the lineup today, obviously, for the afternoon game, and he will not be in the lineup for any of the games this weekend against the Cubs. Part of it is they are going against all left-handed pitching, but the other problem is, uh, the reason for it is, Shaw's really struggle right now. And we see this sometimes where they just want a player to sit for two, three days because mentally it's a grind. You put pressure on yourself. And Shaw was saying, you know, he's just not making contact right now. And it's a real struggle for him. And sometimes just sitting back, clearing your head, watching some video, it could often help. So that's what the Brewers are going to do with Shaw for this weekend. And they're going to, at least today, Hernan Perez is in the lineup. So I do have Hernan Perez in some draft champions leagues. I actually put him in the lineup. You know, I thought for a while before they went out and signed Mustakas that Perez would get that opportunity before a potential call-up of Keston Hira. But it hasn't happened uh, just yet. And then they went out and signed Mustakas. So that hurt Perez. But Shaw, you know, 31.3% strikeout rate. Uh, last year, he was at 18.4%. Walk rate is still solid at 9.7%. It was 13.3% last year, 9.9% in his first year with the Brewers. But it's just uh, not making any solid contact right now. That's the issue. Just a lot of swings and misses. And, uh, you know, hard hit, hard hit rate is slightly down from last year. So it's just uh, not making contact. And uh, I, I think this can be correctable. Uh, 10, 12-team leagues, you might have better options out there. You can move on. Again, I don't really play in many of those leagues. And the one 12-team league I play in, well, actually, I am in two 12-team leagues. One is 30 roster spots, the other 29. Uh, in those leagues, uh, there's really not – there's waiver wire plays, but not a ton. Obviously, better than 15-team leagues. So, uh, I think it kind of comes down to your alternatives. Like, I really – don't want to completely give up on Shaw because I think there is an opportunity for him uh, to come back there and uh, potentially produce. Uh, the Rays are activating Austin Meadows off the injured list today. That is really good news for his fantasy owners. So he was out with the right thumb sprain. He was tearing it up before he went on the injured list. 351 average, 422 OBP, 676 slugging percentage, a little power, a little speed. So Really happy to have him back. I have him in two leagues and just hope he can not uh, get too cold with all the time that he has missed because he was in the middle of a real hot streak. The Rays also placed Mike Zunino on the 10-day injury list with a left quad strain. He left the game on Wednesday with this injury. We don't know how much time he's going to miss, so I think in some leagues you can uh, drop him. I know I have him in a 12-team league, 
Uh, I'm not going to wait around, and I'm not going to keep three catchers on my bench. So I will be looking to uh, replace him over the weekend. Uh, some of the other top stories from yesterday. Uh, if you went out and you spent a lot of money on Sean Kelly yesterday uh, or last week, nah, it didn't go well for you because he was placed on the injured list with an infection. So it's not arm-related, but that was the problem with Kelly he has never shown the ability to stay healthy. Now, Kelly was a guy that I picked up in two leagues like three weeks ago. One of them I held on. The other one I dropped him for Diego Castillo. One of my leagues last week, Sean Kelly went for 350 Learn a lesson from that. No matter how desperate you are for saves, 350 is a lot to play unless you know that that guy has an 80-85% chance of keeping the job for the entire season. And I don't think anyone put Sean Kelly in that category. We know, number one, he has shown a penchant for not being able to throw and stay healthy. 49 innings last year, 26 in 2017. So the last two years, he has not shown the ability to stay healthy. He's also been prone to the home runs, which is not ideal in Texas. Now, he's not walking anyone this year. And the strikeout rate is slightly below where it was last year. And he's pitched well, but, you know, he, he was not a lock to keep this job. I think most people probably agree with what I was saying, that Jose Leclerc's going to get this job back. Now, Leclerc was terrible last night. He had an outing a couple days ago where he was too scoreless, and you're like, okay, fine. He's making his way back. But then last night he walked three in two-thirds of an inning. So there's still work to be done there. But no matter how desperate you are for saves, 350 is a ton, man. That's a lot of your budget, and I'm desperate for saves in some leagues. I'm not spending 350 on Sean Kelly, and this is not hindsight. When I saw that bid, because I get it emailed to me, so when I opened it that morning, I was like, what the hell, 350 for Sean Kelly? And I know it's a 15-team league, and maybe you're near the bottom in saves. I mean, I'm last in a league in saves where I'm in second place, so I really need a closer, and I think that week – I spent a, this was before Kelly even got the job. I just was looking ahead and speculating, and this is what you need to do, especially if you have leagues with zero dollar bids, zero, one buck, or obviously if it's a thousand dollar fab, a little bit more, twenty, thirty, forty dollars, something like that. Uh, yeah, depending on the week, but you have to be ahead of the curve. Put in the small bid, it doesn't work out, or you wait a week or two, nothing happens, you cut them. So with Kelly, it was like a zero or one dollar bid, and then. Robles, I spent nine out of a hundred on. So, you know, I didn't invest too much. I mean, nine nine percent of the budget, but I still have a good amount left. And so far, I've been fortunate. The offense has been pretty good. Pitching's been pretty good. And I felt like, all right, I got to get Robles. But I didn't spend thirty five percent of the budget on him. And again, that's a team that I'm really desperate for saves. So, learn lessons, you know, because you don't want to do what what that owner did. Uh, and and Kelly could have easily gotten a couple saves over the next couple weeks, but he was no lock to keep the job for the year. So right now it looks like Chris Martin is the closer. He did get a save the other night, so now we know why. Uh, I think we talked about it. We were sitting there wondering, why is Sean Kelly not pitching? Uh, I think it was Wednesday when he got Martin got the save. Kelly didn't come into the game, and Kelly didn't pitch on Saturday. Well, we found out yesterday why. So for now, it's Chris Martin. Again, if he's available in your league, I am not spending a ton. Uh, it's not a good team, not a great ballpark, and they are invested in Leclerc. They signed him to a contract. Uh, for four years, so they're going to want to try and get some dividends on that. So I think you got to be a little patient uh, there with him. 
But the Mets finally placed Steven Matz on the injured list. Well, what are they doing? I said it at the time. You knew he was missing at least one start. Just put him on the injured list. So they basically played shorthanded for that series in San Diego. Why? It just makes no sense at all. But this is what the Mets do at times. Felix Pena, that's a name I talked about at the beginning of the year, saying keep an eye on this guy, and you might want to add him in some 15-team leagues. Now, when he, at that time, I really didn't have any pitching needs on a couple of my teams. Like I remember looking at him at Tout Wars. I was like, I kind of want to add him, but I don't really have anyone to drop. And in Tout Wars, when you add a player, they have to be in your lineup for that week. So I was looking, and I said, I don't know. I just really don't have anyone. And it sucks because I would like to have Pena now. And they've been using an opener in front of them, and it's working out well. Pena was tremendous yesterday, and I understand it was Detroit, but seven scoreless innings, seven strikeouts, uh, and he's got a 3-2-1 ERA right now. So if they use the opener in front of him, that's going to benefit him because you got to remember when you go to the opener for an inning or two, that starter, or, or you know, not they're not technically the starter, but we look at them as a starter, the Jalen Beeks, the Yanni Chirinos of the world, technically – to me, they're starters, so they only have to go three, four innings, and they can still get a win if they have the lead. So Pena has been a little lucky, 214 batting average of balls in play, but I love the strikeout-to-walk ratio here, 25.4% strikeout rate, 5.2% walk rate, a whip of 0.92. So, yes, there's been a little bit of luck here, and there has been some hard contact, but he definitely has a lot of ability, and uh, with that curve and change, uh, He's been very effective so far. So definitely someone that I want to roster. 13% swinging strike rate. Uh, I think he's borderline ownable in 12-team leagues too, and especially with all the injuries that have gone on over the last week, specifically with the pitching. I definitely think you he's got some legs in the 12-team league, depending on what's available, obviously. So, again, if you have any specific questions, you can head on over to fulltimefantasy.com and ask your questions on the message boards and the forums. Uh, there's been a lot of talk, and we had the discussion yesterday with Matt Modica from The Athletic. You could always check that show on demand. A lot of people this week have been saying, oh, look at all the wasted money on Fab, Carter, Key, Boom, Nate Lowe. Okay, fine. And I'm not one who went aggressively after those players. I mean, I did put in a bid for Key, Boom at about 135 in Top Wars. But again, it's context. I really need some offense there. I've been... Hammered with injuries, getting some guys back now, though. Just got Matt Olson back, have Austin Meadows back, so it's looking better. I was outbid on him, but I'm not going to spend 25, 30, 35% of the budget on a player like that, and some guys did. And you got to be aggressive sometimes. Uh, and you know why? Uh, Mike Soroka. I mean, there's a guy that's worked out. No one's going to talk about that. Now, he's another player where I bid on him, but I didn't go crazy. My only issue with him is how many innings are we getting out of him? Is his shoulder going to hold up? Because that was the issue for him last year. But this guy can pitch. And I think sometimes when it comes down to pitchers, you got to say, look, this guy gives me 100, 120 innings, and I'm bidding on him in late April, early May. I'll take it. And that's the way Soroka owners are looking at this right now. Another good start yesterday, six innings, one earned run, four strikeouts, an ERA of 1.21. So it's nothing about his ability. It's all about health. And here's the thing about Soroka. No home runs in 29 and two-thirds innings. And that just doesn't happen much anymore. Ball's flying over the fence, and almost every pitcher is giving up home runs. But he's got a 1.04 whip, 24.4% strikeout rate, 8.7% walk rate, 59% ground ball rate. You want to know why he's not giving up home runs? Fly ball rate, 17.9%. 30% hard hit rate. Sky is the real deal. Again, it's all about durability and health. 
We know the Braves have a lot of young arms. They're going to be careful with them. They're probably going to shuffle a lot of these guys up between the minor leagues and the majors preserving them. But right now, he is just producing big time. Uh, Hunter Pence, that's a guy I think you're going to see go off the waiver wire this week. And I actually checked in uh, my home league, which is 14 teams, and he was on. But Hunter Pence, man, one for three, two RBIs, his sixth homer yesterday, third homer in three games. This guy is crushing it. And he was robbed of a potential another home run or extra base hit by Josh Reddick in the ninth inning last night. And Pence was someone I added in Tout Wars after the first waiver wire period. I was like, okay, he might start the year. I'll take the four games over the weekend and see what happens. And I held on to him for a couple weeks, but I wound up cutting him because he wasn't playing every day. But, man, Hunter Pence, unbelievable. He was running in the spring, and all he's done is hit. It's Texas, kind of changed his swing a little bit. So we're taking a flyer on it in a deeper league. 15-team league, certainly think worth adding him as long as he's going to play it. He's going to get the playing time right now, and all he's done is produce. When we return, I'll be joined by Sean Childs, FullTimeFantasy.com, here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Weekend Fantasy Update. You go up to a guy and go, hey, man, I want you to dress up on Star Wars Day and go and hand these things out to fans. <laughs> Most players would be like, suck it. Give me some more money to go do that. Like, you know, you understand where I'm coming from? Like, that's CeCe from Sabathia. Like, wow, I don't know what to say about this guy. I've always been a fan. That is all class because he doesn't have to do stuff like that. That's what separates uh, good guys in the league. And little kids, imagine that. You go up there and you get a bobblehead and you see the guy dressed up as Yoda. That's cool. That's something you remember. Saturday and Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Back here, it is full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Rohn is here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, you can check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. We got you set for baseball. Got the close depth charts and bullpen updates from Sean Childs. Baseball stock watch for me. Sean Childs will have the waiver wire report this weekend. I'll have my two-star pitchers for the week ahead. And we already have great football content up. Sean Childs doing his in-depth team previews. Latest one, a look at the Jets. As he goes through the AFC East. And he joins me right now to talk baseball. It is Sean Childs from FullTimeFantasy.com. Sean, what's going on? Adam, i got a question for you. Yeah, do you? What is it? 
Do you think uh, Lamar Jackson will be a top 10 quarterback in 2019? Uh, I haven't gone through rankings and projections yet, but I think he has a good shot. If he's going to continue to run like he did, you know, he doesn't even need to do much in the passing game. Now, quarterback is a pretty deep position, but we saw it last year. I mean, he just needs to a slight uptick in improvement in passing. And if he runs like he did, yeah, he, he can be. Uh, what are your thoughts? I just finished the Ravens, and I thought it was interesting. I was like, well, this guy could pass for 175 yards a game, not much, right? Yeah. Pass for one one TD a game, not much. And he, he's surely going to get eight rushing touchdowns, one every other game, right? So that's about league average. And, he, and last year, over the last uh, seven games, man, they ran the ball like 25 times. So, you know, I can't expect him to run them as much as he did in that one game where he got like 20-something carries, but if he gets – you know, 13 to 15 rushes a game, but I would close to five yards per carry. I mean, the guy's going to break, you know, Mitch records for rushing and get 1,000 yards, and that, that, that number, you know, really equates almost 2,000 yards in passing compared to what we do. So, uh, you know, it's kind of an intriguing player where, you, like you said, he won't get drafted that high because the quarterback position is kind of deep, but, you know, kind of a, you know, reasonable option as, a, you know, a QB2 in the formats, that, you know, in the high-stakes market. Yeah, I think you could probably draft him as a QB2. He might wind up being your QB1 most weeks, and they did draft a couple of athletic wide receivers too, which might be a sign that they feel like he can improve his passing and they might open it up just a little bit. So you laid it out. It's all about the numbers. That, and that's you know what you do is you do the projections. You go through the numbers. A lot of people just sit there and they go, oh, he's not a good passer. He's not going to do enough. But when you break it down, and you look at what rushing quarterbacks do and what they do in fantasy, a lot of people sometimes don't realize how good they could be. Even, you know, Josh Allen. I mean, look, what he, he was like uh, one of the top quarterbacks down the stretch last year. Yeah, it's pretty interesting because those kind of players do get overlooked easily. And then, you know, when we're playing the season, you know, as the season goes on, you know, season goes on and, you know, quarterbacks, guys that wait on quarterback and they get injured, you know, the, the wise guy, uh, you know, top players are looking to pick off these guys and get 20-plus fantasy points, and they end up with these kind of players like the Allens and the uh, Lamar Jacksons and the guys that can, you know, run and stuff that, that don't offer the big passing load. So, you know, it's an interesting, uh, you know, just to look at it. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a fun player to, you know, look into, you know, this week. Yeah, I think so too, and you'll see. When you start doing the quarterback rankings, you're going to be like, oh, man, uh, there's just so many good quarterbacks, and – I think a lot of people still wait on the quarterbacks, and it's the right move to do. But, you know, people will get intrigued by Mahomes and some of those guys up top. But the key is to find the next Mahomes, the guy that you can get late as a QB2 that surpasses his value. At least that's the way I look at it. You know, I'm, I'm looking to draft those quarterbacks late and was fortunate to get Mahomes in a couple leagues last year. Uh, but let's talk some baseball here. And, you know, a little bit of a topic this week was, you know, some of the wasted fab that we've seen over the last week or so on a couple of players who get sent down to the minors, Carter Keyboom and Nate Lowe. Now, I got Lowe for cheap in one of the online championship leagues, 12-teamers, so he's not going to go for as much. And I didn't get Keyboom anywhere. But, you know, we've seen players hit, and other times in this instance they failed, at least for now. Should that be a lesson or do you still need to be aggressive and you're just not going to hit on everyone? Where did you fall? Were you able to land any of those guys? And if so, how much did you spend? Um, I didn't. I actually didn't go after either player. I had uh, Trey Turner on one team. I just thought that, um, you know, the Keyboom guy was going to be, you know, kind of a limited play in time, maybe three or four weeks. Was You know, looked pretty good early and had a good week, which obviously drove his price. So I thought he would be, you know, sometimes I look at it as like this guy, 
did pretty good already. So he's in the growing system. He'd be too expensive for me. So I don't even think I went after him. And overall, like in shortstops, I did a pretty good job on most of my teams. And, you know, we can see in baseball that short, the shortstop position has been pretty productive out of the gate. But, um, you know, Lowe was a guy, I mean, I, I thought maybe, like, I would give him a shot, like, in the 40s. You know, worth a shot, wasn't sure. You know, I liked, the, you know, where the direction of his bat and what he could possibly do. Um, I really didn't think too deep into it. You know, would he get sent down right away, maybe with a Meadows coming back. But, you know, he should be back. But, uh, you know, it's, you know it's, it's disappointing when you spend $150 or even 20% of your fantasy budget and the guy gets sent down right away. But he should be back. But, you know, now he makes it a tough hold on your bench. Was it different for you in terms of Griffin Canning? Were you in on the bidding for him, and did you expect him to maybe stay in this rotation a little bit longer? Because that was also one of the big pickups last week in the NFBC. Yeah, I mean, he's probably a little more stable. The Angels, you know, really have kind of pitching problems, and, you know, he looked like a pretty good arm. Um, I didn't really think he was going to be like an impact arm, but he got it capable of being like a 375 ERA and give you plenty of Ks, and maybe he you know, pitching a little better at the major league level. So I did, was fortunate to get a one main event. I, you know, I did push you out, you know, maybe 100, 119, something like that, out of 1,000. And then I uh, I got an AL auction team that's just like, you know, blown up. That's in desperation. One of my worst team in the year just because of, uh, you know, some of the injuries out of the gate. And I did, you know, I took Severino for, I got him for half price and uh, $17. And, you know, I'm only going to get a half season. So I actually paid really full price. But so, um, I took a shot, spent 270 on him, and just pushed in, and you know, because I needed another arm, and you know, I overbid by a couple hundred, but uh, you know, I didn't, I didn't care at this point because you know, when you're down in the standings, you got to take a shot when you can. And I'm glad you said that. Talking to Sean Childs from FullTimeFantasy.com, and I think one of the most difficult things to teach people in fantasy is fab because it's a lot of times it's a feel thing. It's knowing your league. It's where you are in the standings. You know, people ask us for bids, and we give a general. But for those that are new to FAB, maybe their first or second year, and you're a veteran, you have a lot of experience with this, you know, what are some pieces of advice that you can give them to kind of help them in terms of getting better at FAB? I always think of uh, there's, there's three different price points. You know, the must-own price, which, you know, you have to get this guy no matter what. Um, a fair market value price and you know, kind of the token price where your team really doesn't have a problem, but you wouldn't mind having that player on your roster. And, you know, it's, it's, and a lot of that, like you said, it comes from experience. Um, it also comes from, as we get going on in the season, um, sometimes, you know, other owners already, you know, in the high stakes market, I, you know, might have a feel for a style. Um, maybe I pick it up on draft day, what they're looking for. Um, or even in the fab. So, you know, right out of the gate when these hot pitchers in Atlanta get called up and these guys are spending $150 on them, um, the market's kind of set. And, you know, if the guy comes out the next week, you know, he's going to probably, if you really want to go get him, it's going to be that much. But sometimes you get in the league where the nucleus of the league isn't willing to pay a lot of money, and you can get a read off of that. And you know if it's if it's a lower price, then you try to you try to get a range what that type of player is going for, and then go over it, and then you try to find the mid range and maybe double starters, maybe young players. And it's not it's not a perfect science because it can you know be from week to week, and it could be a guy that pops in the league that's been kind of quiet and then decides to fire a bunch of bullets one week and just wipe out as much as he can. But um, overall, I mean. Over time, if you if you stay on it and you understand it, you can you can be pretty close to what the numbers should be in the three different areas I described. How much 
I would think you do this, but how much do you look at, especially now, what everyone else has left, and does that kind of maybe steer you in a direction, too, of the bidding? Um, I look a little bit at the, how much they have left, but I'm not, it's really not that important to me as far as uh, what what they have right now. Because um, I know, I mean, I, I guess I always think that, um, you know, I always think if I get a couple hundred dollars out of a thousand at the beginning of August and maybe 60 in September, I'm pretty good. So, um, but I know that people will spend at different times. So I more just look at, you know, the, the spending trends within the league, if it's really an important player. And then even I might even dip back, um, you know, because sometimes like I bid on Sir, uh, Sir Anthony got, um, for Dominguez from Philadelphia. I was desperate. I didn't have a second closer in the league, and I spent like $87 because I thought, you know, he's a live arm with upside. And I know Naris has been doing pretty good, but that type of player, I need to stash somebody on my bench that fills that role, and I overbid for him. But the next week he got dropped in another league, and I had a spot, and, you know, I could see that the market wasn't there, and I lowered it to 20, and I got him. But, uh, you know, in both of those cases, I ended up kicking the player back, so I kind of wasted money. But, you know, those are the kind of things you have to kind of learn and see. You, you know, you just never know sometimes what if somebody's thinking on the same page with you. That is true. Speaking of bullpens, the Atlanta Braves right now, Luke Jackson blew a save yesterday, allowed a run, two hits, and a walk. A.J. Minter followed, wasn't good. He has not pitched well lately. Uh, where are we turning to in this Braves bullpen right now? Jackson was probably picked up in a lot of leagues. Is there someone else in there you might speculate on this weekend for a cheaper price? Um, I think they, you know, I think ideally they would like to uh, land Kimbrell and more local way it out if possible. But I mean, I think as um, the third guy this week was that Jacob Webb there. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's in the Myers, and he seemed like he has some closing ability, decent fastball. So. I didn't see what he did the last couple of days. I did the whole thing, obviously, on Wednesday. But, um, you know, just somebody that, you know, he's the guy when you spend a lot of money, um, you might be able to get him under the radar and, you know, stash him away. And it's, like, really becomes down to, you know, do you have the injuries on your bench and you have the spots to carry these type of arms? And that's one thing, like, we always talk about cheating closes on, on uh, draft day. But, man, if you get two guys in there, you don't even have to worry about it too much. Where, you know, and giving up those two extra extra spots to closer and waiting and change and it's a, it's a battle so it's it's an interesting dilemma just looking at that uh we've seen players kind of come out of nowhere and deviate from what they've done in their career this year we're seeing tommy Lastella. he had two more home runs yesterday four rbis he's got nine home runs he had one last year he's got a strikeout rate in the low five percent i mean in today's environment to not strike out at the level he is it's ridiculous he hit ninth yesterday I mean, is Tommy Lastella someone that could hit 20, 25 home runs this year? Isn't that crazy? I mean, is it, he's a guy that, you know, what is, does he have to juice and need to juice, juice baseball to hit 25 home runs? <laughs> so, I don't know, but it's just, I looked at it last night, I was like, he hit a couple home runs again? And so it's kind of pretty crazy, but, you know, there's guys that, um, that just uh, draft stats, and that guy's probably in so many lineup and, and you, know, uh, you know, being productive or where, like, you know, I look at it as like, yeah, you get a couple of home runs at all right. And, you know, kind of looking for more talent. But, you know, sometimes it's, it's the names don't win the game. It's the stats. So, um, you know, you have to believe he's on pace for 20 and he'll earn more playing time. Yeah, I had him in an NFBC auction. And I had to drop him last weekend because my bench is basically all injured guys. And if you remember last weekend, he was hurt. So I said, I can't go into the week and get a potential zero in my lineup because I had no other option. So I had to drop him. So you know someone's going to drop like, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 on him this weekend. So 
Uh, it's tough. Sometimes uh, you have those teams where nothing goes right. That's one of them for me. Talking to Sean Childs, FullTimeFantasy.com. Joey Votto uh, off to an awful start. And we saw the power dip last year, but now the average is down. The strikeouts are up. But we've seen Votto start slowly before and then turn it on. Do you still think that there, it, that could happen with him? Or is this the beginning of uh, a little bit of a downturn in his career? Uh, yeah, I guess it's probably a popular name, for, you know, when, you know, as far as questions and stuff like that. I mean, he, you know, he's got, yeah, he's, he actually, when you look at it, you know, he's got a um, uh, Alex Gordon type of season going, you know, not this year, but in the last couple of years, you know, kind of guy that like, you think he's a decent name, you put him in your lineup and you just kind of forget about him because you, you know, don't follow every player as close as you should. And then you like, wake up two months later and this guy's got, what? He's only done this? And so... Three home runs, six RBIs. He had a home run robbed the other night, but uh, you know you got to be disappointed. But I mean, he he's been along around long enough where he could get hot. But in those shallow leagues, I mean, I could see him as you know a pretty easy part of somebody more attractive. Uh, you know, ends up in the player pool. Joe Musgrove got off to a terrific start this year, and then his last few starts have been bad. He was awful last night. Is this just kind of regression? Is there a concern that maybe he was pitching over his head? Could there be an injury? Uh, what's your take here on Joe Musgrove and his struggles over the last few starts? He's a guy that always seemed like he had, you know, really, really good command and he could get decent strikeouts, you know, for his skill set. And just uh, he just always seems like he just goes on these little runs where he pitches good and then he kind of disappears and, you know, then he ends up on, you know, getting injured some way. So, um I would think where he, you know, kind of stepped back a little bit. Maybe there's under, some underlying injury, but you don't know for sure. But, you know, you know, weather sometimes, you know, early in uh, this time of year can be a factor if, you know, it's a curveball or something and it's cold or you know, something like that. So, uh, you know, just a disappointing game. Uh, if you own them, you probably have to hang up with them. But, uh, you know, you, you got to always be concerned when they start to go backwards if they have something wrong with them. Uh, how about a guy like Brandon Woodruff? Uh, he's pitched very well lately. Is he someone that you would uh, look to acquire in a trade in a trading league? I would think that he'd be trending. There was a lot of talk in the uh, high stakes market. He moved up pretty good. He was going to end up being a 14th round draft pick in some leagues. And the infamous uh, Gordon Gecko in the NFPC ended up using a couple of leagues that right next to me. You know, pushed him up high, and uh, I thought he was at a uh, you know, overpriced, and he struggled a little early. But he looked sharp this week, and he's trending in the right direction. The fastball's there, and he's got some secondary pitches. So I think he, I would, I would be looking for that. You know, you're always looking for those guys that are underachieving your ERA and WHIP, and they're going to have some sort of correction. And he give you a signal this week that he looks, he might have more to come. Freddie Peralta pitched very well the other day with an opener. He has been so erratic. There are times he looks dominant, other times there he just can't get past two, three innings. He's got a two-start week next week at Philly, at Atlanta. Any way you pitch him in a 15-team league, or is he just too risky because he can blow blow up on you? In a 15-team league, you might have to take a shot. I'm over for 3 on him this year in, the, <laughs> in a 12-team league, and I, and I launched him in the free agent pool, but, you know, I, I out of the place he blew up, and then he, I missed on the uh, you know the big game when he struck out 11. So, he, like you said, he's tough to time, but he should eventually get a little better rhythm, and he looked sharp in the last game. So, the 15 team, if you got double stocks like that, you, I think you have to take him. Mac Williamson, will he be someone you look to pick up this weekend? 
Um, he'll be if if I have a spot and I have an injury. Uh, I think most of the outfield spots I'm okay. I don't have any, any major dilemmas going on. So, but yeah, I mean, the guy look always looks like he should be better than he is, and he just kind of goes back and forth. And, and he's and he's shown the last couple of years he can get these little hot streaks, and you know, one of these times maybe he can turn it into a longer part of the season. So, um, but you know, he'll he'll he won't. He won't cost a ton of money, you know. Probably somebody will throw fifty, sixty bucks on him, but I wouldn't break the bank, you know, just based on his history. All right, Sean. Let people know what you're working on now. Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, doing the uh, NFL outlooks. I just finished Ravens, and we talked about that earlier. And uh, you know, we'll just you know, probably do three or four weeks going forward, and then uh, hopefully we'll get them all done by the, you know, July first, and be really ready to start drafting uh, once the projections are done shortly after. All right, that is Sean Child. Check out all his work, fulltimefantasy.com. Already taking a look at some teams, beginning with the AFC. Sean, thanks a lot for the time, and good luck in fab this weekend. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, again, Sean Child. Check out all his work. He puts in a lot of time and effort, has a lot of success in the high-stakes league, so someone you definitely want to take uh, time to read. When we return, we'll wrap it up, taking a look at the action from this afternoon and some lineups for the games tonight here on Full Time Fantasy. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to Fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at Fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to Fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to Fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to Fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's Fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Game time decisions. There goes your perfect game, Yank, just for the record. <laughs> I see you pause and I say, oh, sit the bike. Yank's talking shit during the break. Perfect game today. The fact that we've successfully called Mark Lawrence doesn't uh, constitute a parade here, Yank. Yank's one of these guys, Mark. He scores a touchdown. We're getting 15-yard 15, uh, 15 flag. excessive celebration. He's got to act like he's been there before. Nothing like a rah-rah guy. He's doing a great job for you guys. Weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back here it is, full-time fantasy on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, if you're ready to draft for fantasy football, now's the time. Get in early. Get your values before everyone starts talking about them. You can head on over to playffwc.com 
and you can be a part of Made Madness, put your championship deposit down for the World Championships in Vegas or the online championship. If you do it for the live event or the main event, you can be entered into a drawing, which will possibly get you a free entry into the main event. We also have Dynasty Startup Drafts, online championship slow drafts, as well as best ball drafts, different price points and times, and also Dynasty Orphans. You can click on the blue button in the middle of the page, and you can see the team. So you can say, man, I don't like that team. I don't want to take it over. You can say, wow, this is a pretty good team. I could work with this. Just maybe make a couple trades, rookie draft, and uh, this could be a team that wins now. So some people like the challenge of taking over a team that's that great. So whatever your interests are, you can check it out. Uh, click on the Dynasty Orphans buttons, and uh, there's some reduced pricing on this because they want to get these leagues started. So go over, check it out. Play FFWC.com. Catch Gambling Addicts, Red Heat, and Rage, Gabe Mency and Ken Stewart on Game Time Decisions coming up next at 4 p.m. Eastern. Weekdays right here on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network as they bitch and moan about their previous night's ad beats and let you know where their money is on for the coming games. And they bet all of them. You can also watch the broadcast on YouTube and participate in the chat room or watch it on Periscope, Twitch.tv, or countless of other popular OTT platforms. Become part of the show. Tune in for the entertainment, the knowledge, and for the extra money they'll put in your pockets. It's Game Decisions weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We do have a game going on right now this afternoon. It is the Milwaukee Brewers in Chicago against the Cubs, a battle of some of the top teams here at the NL Central, and the Brewers lead this game 1-0 in the top of the sixth inning. Ryan Braun accounting for the only run, his eighth homer of the year. He's hitting 258 8 on homers, 23. So we kind of knew Braun might have an injury here or there, missed some time, but uh, in a good spot in the lineup, hitting thirds at a time with Lorenzo Cain and Christian Yelich in front of him. So, He's been still productive. How about Gio Gonzalez? You know, I was talking about, well, you know, his first two starts were against the Mets. But Gio Gonzalez today in Wrigley, five scoreless innings, just one hit, three walks, three strikeouts, 65 pitches, 41 for strikes. So, remember, he was on the Yankees, and uh, the Yankees didn't have a spot for him. So, uh, they let him go, and uh, the Brewers were one of the teams interested. The Mets were, too. Mets certainly look like they could be the team that could use him right now. So, uh you know, he's pitching well for the Brewers, who obviously needed a starting pitcher as well. Uh, for the Cubs, just one hit, Javier Baez, and he was caught stealing for the second time this year. Jose Quintana, who's pitched really well since the uh, uh, poor start to the season. He's gone five and a third innings, three hits, a run, a walk, and four Ks, allowing just a home run. His ERA is down to 3.22. So the Cubs playing great baseball lately, getting tremendous starting pitching. They're 22-13, and 13-5 at home. Brewers 23-16, and 16, so... Should be a fun series here between these two teams. Uh, two teams playing very good baseball right now. Let's take a look at some of the lineups for tonight. Busy night in DFS. Pretty much everyone playing except for these two teams here in the afternoon. Angels in Baltimore to be Trevor Kale against Dan Straley. Leading off Tommy LaStella. He moves from the nine spot to the one spot. Playing second base tonight as he has been on fire. Mike Trout in center field hitting second. Shohei Otani, the DH, hitting third. Andrelton Simmons, the shortstop, hitting cleanup. Brian Goodwin in left field hitting fifth. Cole Calhoun in right field hitting sixth. Jonathan LaCroix, the catcher, hitting seventh. Justin Bohr playing first base tonight. Albert Pools gets the night off after getting career RBI number 2,000 yesterday. And David Fletcher is playing third base, hitting ninth. He's been hitting leadoff recently. But, again, uh, not a bad pickup in a deeper format if he's out there. Uh, he's got second and third base eligibility in a lot of leagues. Good average, decent speed, not a lot of pop, but uh, especially if he can get in that leadoff spot, uh, which he was for a few days, that will definitely help his value. 
For the Orioles, Jonathan VR leading off at shortstop. Trey Mancini's in right field hitting second. Dwight Smith Jr. in left field hitting third. Rio Ruiz at third base hitting cleanup. Wilkerson in center field hitting fifth. Chris Davis at first base hitting sixth. Renato Nunez, the GH, hitting seventh. Hanser Alberto at second base hitting eighth. Pedro Severino at catcher hitting ninth. The White Sox in Toronto, Dylan Covey against Daniel Hudson. He'll be starting today and not going very deep. Clay Buckholtz was placed on the injured list uh, today. They only expected to miss one star. But look, Buckholtz had flashes last year where he was pretty good. But we all knew that health is a major issue. And pitching at Toronto uh, in the American League East wasn't ideal. Obviously, the Yankees lineup not the same, but still, uh, it wasn't a good spot. Last year, I did pick up Buckholtz, and he gave me a couple good starts. But... Certainly wasn't someone that I was uh, going to uh, go with. So, uh, actually, he has not been placed on the injured list yet. Uh, he might be. They are saying he hopes to miss just one start. He's got a strained right lat. So, we'll have to see what the Blue Jays do there. For the White Sox, Lurie Garcia leading off playing second base. Yoan Moncada is at third base hitting second. Jose Abreu, the DH, hitting third. Yonder Alonso at first base hitting cleanup. Wellington Castillo, the catcher, hitting fifth. Nicky Delmonico in left field hitting sixth. Tim Anderson at shortstop hitting seventh. Charlie Tilson in center field hitting eighth. Ryan Cordell in right field hitting ninth. The Mariners in Boston to take on the Red Sox. Eric Swanson against Eduardo Rodriguez for the Mariners. Mitch Hanniger in right field leading off. Domingo Santana in left field hitting second. Edwin Encarnacion, the DH, hitting third. Ryan Healy at third base hitting cleanup. Jay Bruce at first base hitting fifth. Tim Beckham gets the start at second hitting sixth. J.P. Crawford just called up. He's at shortstop hitting seventh tonight. Tom Murphy, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Braden Bishop in center field hitting ninth. For the Red Sox, Andrew Benatendi in left field leading off. Mookie Betts in right field hitting second. J.D. Martinez, the DH, hitting third. Mitch Moreland at first base hitting cleanup. Xander Bogarts at shortstop hitting fifth. Raphael Devers at third base hitting sixth. Michael Chavis at second base hitting seventh. Jackie Bradley Jr. in center field hitting eighth. Christian Vasquez behind the plate hitting ninth for the Red Sox. The Yankees take on the Rays in a battle of the two top teams in the AL East. Domingo Harmon against Tyler Glasnow. Austin Meadows activated off the injured list. He is back in right field leading off. Tommy Pham in left field hitting second. G-Man Choi at first base hitting third. Yandy Diaz, the third baseman, hitting cleanup. Brandon Lau, second base hitting fifth. Avisel Garcia, DH hitting sixth. Kevin Kiermeyer in center field hitting seventh. Willie Adamas at shortstop hitting eighth. Nick Siofo, the catcher, hitting ninth. Remember, Mike Zunino placed on the injured list. The Marlins in New York to take on the Mets. It'll be Pablo Lopez against Zach Wheeler. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson leading off in left field. Martin Prado at third base, hitting second. Starlin Castro at second base, hitting third. Neil Walker at first base, hitting cleanup. Brian Anderson in right field, hitting fifth. Jorge Alfaro at catcher, hitting sixth. Miguel Rojas at shortstop, hitting seventh. Roselle Herrera in center field, hitting eighth. And Pablo Lopez on the mound, batting ninth. For the Mets, Jeff McNeil on left field leading off. J.D. Davis at third base hitting second. Robinson Cano at second base hitting third. Pete Alonso at first base hitting cleanup. Michael Conforto in right field hitting fifth. Wilson Ramos at catcher hitting sixth. Brandon Nimmo in center field hitting seventh. Ahmed Rosario at shortstop hitting eighth. And Zach Wheeler on the mound hitting ninth. The Tigers in Minnesota to take on the Twins. Tyson Ross against Jake Odorizzi. A little shuffle in the lineup today for the Tigers. Nico Goodrum moved to the leadoff spot. He's playing first base. Uh, Christian Stewart just activated off the injured list yesterday. He's in left field batting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field hitting third. Miguel Cabrera is the DH hitting cleanup. Rodriguez, who's been off to a hot start uh, since being put in the lineup. He's at shortstop hitting fifth. 
Heimer Candelario, who was given that opportunity to lead off, it didn't go well, so he's moved down to the sixth spot in the order. He's playing third base. Harold Castro at second base, hitting seventh. Grayson Griner behind the plate, hitting eighth. And Jacoby Jones in center field, batting ninth. For the Twins, Max Kepler leading off in right field. Jorge Polanco is the shortstop, hitting second. Nelson Cruz, the DH, hitting third. Eddie Rosario is in left field, hitting cleanup. C.J. Crone at first base, hitting fifth. Marvin Gonzalez at third base, hitting sixth. Mitch Garver, the catcher, hitting seventh. Jonathan Scope at second base, hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton in center field, hitting ninth. By the way, Miguel Sano performing very well in his rehab stint. They wanted to give him an extended period of time because he hasn't really didn't do much in the spring. But he's certainly someone in a deeper format. If he's not on, you could start thinking about picking up because uh, he should be back soon. The Phillies are in Kansas City to take on the Royal Jake Arrieta against Homer Bailey. For the Royals, Whit Merrifield leading off at second base. Adalberto Mondesi at shortstop hitting second. Alex Gordon in left field hitting third. Hunter Dozier at third base hitting cleanup. Jorge Slayers in right field hitting fifth. Ryan O'Hearn at first base hitting sixth. Gutierrez, the DH hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado in catcher hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton in center field hitting ninth. The Rockies are hosting the Padres. Armand Marquez against Eric Lauer for the Rockies. Charlie Blackman leading off in right field. Trevor Story at shortstop in second. Nolan Arenado in third base hitting third. Daniel Murphy at first base hitting cleanup. Ian Desmond in center field hitting fifth. David Dahl is in the lineup against the lefty. He's in left field hitting sixth. Garrett Hampson gets the start at second base hitting seventh. Tony Walters, the catcher, hitting eighth in. Herman Marquez on the mound for the Rockies. He will bat ninth. The Braves in Arizona, Julio Tron against Zach Grinke. For the Diamondbacks, Jared Dyson leading off in center field. He stole two more bases yesterday. Cattell Marte is at second base hitting second. David Peralta is in left field hitting third. Adam Jones in right field hitting up. Christian Walker at first base hitting fifth. Vargas gets the start third base. He's hitting sixth. Nick Ahmed at short. J.R. Murphy behind the plate. And Grinke on the mound for the Diamondbacks hitting ninth uh, tonight. So uh, a lot of the lineups are in. That's the good thing about baseball. We get a lot of these lineups in pretty early. So it kind of gives you an idea of who to use in DFS or in your season-long leagues, and especially now with the NFBC where you can make those lineup changes on Friday. And it's especially helpful when you got a guy like Austin Meadows and you want to get him in. Obviously, if you're in a weekly lineup where you only had Monday, you probably didn't start him because you knew he wouldn't be back to the weekend and you don't want to risk five days of no at-bats and plus the chance that he doesn't return on the weekend. Pirates are in St. Louis. Uh, Trevor Williams against Adam Wainwright. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier leading off at second base. Stalling Martes in center field hitting second. Melky Cabrera in right field batting third. Josh Bell off to a sizzling start. Wrote about him in the stock watch, so you could check that out. He's uh, at first base hitting fourth. Brian Reynolds in left field hitting fifth. Colin Moran at third base hitting sixth. Francisco Cervelli at catcher hitting seventh. Cole Tucker is the shortstop hitting eighth. And Williams on the mound hitting ninth tonight uh, for those Pirates. Also tonight, we got uh, Cleveland. They are... In Oakland, it'll be Cody Anderson against Frankie Montas. Montas has been pitching well this year, ERA of 2.75. The Nationals take on the Dodgers after beating them last night. It'll be Anibal Sanchez against Kenta Maeda, who has struggled this year. I expect Maeda to be better. So we kind of saw this last year. He struggled early in the year, and then he got going. So I still have faith in Maeda turning it around. Reds are in San Francisco to take on the Giants. It'll be Luis Castillo against Derek Rodriguez. Luis Castillo has been one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. You know, we saw a really good second half from him last year. Just dominant uh, and should have a better record. He's just not really getting the run support, but uh, he's the real deal. Uh, Not a guy that I really want to sell on right now. 
unless I'm overwhelmed, and it's just so hard to find pitching. But we all knew that he had a dynamic arm, and last year it was just a really bad first half. But over the last two months, he was very good and uh, was able to lane Castillo in a couple leagues this year and certainly satisfied with the numbers he are, is providing so far. The Rangers are in Houston to take on the Astros. It'll be Lance Lynn against Justin Verlander. As uh, Texas and Houston seem to be playing like all the time so far this year, it seems like those teams have been squaring off quite a bit. So those are the lineups that we have out for now. Obviously, pay attention more will be coming out over the next uh, half hour to an hour. And that's the one good thing about baseball is you get a lot of these lineups pretty early on in the night. So it really helps you in DFS because batting order is very important. You know, just take a look at a guy like Tommy LaStella, who was hitting ninth last night. All of a sudden, he's hitting leadoff tonight. And especially coming off the two-homer game, I think that'll uh, jump people, especially if you're looking at an Angels stack uh, tonight, if you are going in that direction. Uh, Derek Dietrich, man, speaking of players that have been hot, Dietrich is going to be one of those guys. He had another home run yesterday, his 10th homer of the season. He drove in more, two, uh, two more runs. And it's crazy what, what they're going to do right now with Dietrich because he's a bat that is going to be difficult to take out of the lineup, especially for a Reds team that is really struggling offensively. You know, they did have the option of the DH over the last few days because they were in the American League Park. But, you know, they have Nick Senzel, who they got to play every day in center field. Yasiel Puig got to play every day in right field. We did see Jesse Winker miss some time with a quad injury and haven't seen if he's back in the lineup tonight, but he's another guy in the outfield. So if you're not going to use Dietrich in the outfield, then it hurts a guy like Jose Peraza, who has not really hit. Now, he's come on a little bit lately. He's actually drawn a few more walks, too. There was this period there where they were hitting him leadoff, and he fared well, and then all of a sudden they pushed him down in the order. But Dietrich's a guy that they could put at second base, and that's going to hurt Peraza. They seem like they want to play Iglesias every day. Uh, obviously, defensively, he helps. I know he's off to a decent start, but long-term, I don't think you expect much with the bat. So, you know, Dietrich's a guy that, that could hurt Peraza here. And, you know, Dietrich's hitting 247, 359 OBP. You know, not a big power guy in the past. He had 16 homers in 149 games last year, but he already has 10 in 36. And the one thing we have seen is he's cut down on the strikeouts. It's down about 6%. The walk rate is up a little bit. Uh, and it's a great ballpark there in Cincinnati for power. Uh, and he's hitting a ton of fly balls right now. 50.8% fly ball rate. His career mark is 39%, and the hard hit rate is up. But you got to think that the Reds are going to continue to play him as long as he's this hot. And, of course, he's going to cool off. And I had some bids in him over the weekend, but I was just worried about the playing time. So he wasn't near the top. But with the way he is playing right now, you got to think Red's trying to keep his bat in the lineup because they're just not getting enough offensively from a lot of players, including Yasiel Puig, who I did mention in that article for Fantasy Pros. That I think Puig's a great buy low. You know, he stole another base yesterday. It's five. And we've seen Puig go through streaks before. He's just swinging at everything right now. Very aggressive, and he's probably pressing. You go to a new team, and you want to prove yourself to them, and Puig is in a contract year. So I just think he's pressing a little bit. We've seen him start slowly before. But once he gets on a tear, he goes on a torrid tear. And now is the time, I think, to get him because there's probably some people who are frustrated by him. He was going in the fourth, fifth round of drafts, and he's just underachieved. So especially if that team that has Puig – is toward the bottom of the standings. They're looking to make a jolt and a change in their lineup. They'll be looking to potentially part ways, and that's where you have to swoop in and try and uh, get a guy like that. How about George Springer, too? He had his 13th home run yesterday, tying Eddie Rosario for the lead 
And with Springer, we always knew that he had the big-time power. He's also run a little bit more this year, too, and that was something he talked about in the spring. He had that ability in the minor leagues. He always stole a lot of bases, and we expected more, but he wasn't very efficient on the base pass. And he talked about in the spring working on that. So he has run a little bit. Uh, the always, always the issue with Springer is how many RBIs is he going to get hitting in the leadoff spot. But in that strong Astros lineup in the American League, he can still produce, as we've seen in the past. But, you know, he fell in drafts this year because I think people were like, you know what, maybe that power upside is not there anymore. Because we've seen that 34 homer season in 2017 when everyone was hitting home runs, and he dropped to 22 last year. But he's well on his pace right now. Uh, he's hitting 301 as well. That's not something you expect in the average department. And he's also stolen four bases, four bases, and only be caught once. So if he gets 10 to 12 steals, that's an absolute boost to the value of George Springer, who uh, people were taking in the fourth round this year. That wraps it up here. You can check me out all weekend, fulltimefantasy.com. Ask your questions on the message boards and forums. You can get the two-star article. I'll have that posted Saturday. Sean Child's waiver wire article as well. And hop in a draft now, playffwc.com. Be back Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern. Have a great weekend.